0: Kicking and streaming podcast is brought to you by Cafe 1804. Premium Haitian coffee now available online at cafe1804.com. That's cafe K-A-F-E 1804.com. Ooh. <laughs> Alright. In one, two, three. Boom. <laughs> This is Kickin' and Streamin' Podcast. A binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Kicking and Streaming Podcast. My name is Graham and today accompanying me as usual is the very fantastic Jojo in the house. I don't know why I feel like saying in the house, but she's in the house. Cheers, Jojo.
1: I'm in a house. I don't know if I'm in the
0: house, I'm in a house. I'm still still trying to look uh, uh, to get at the origin of in the house. Why in the house? Can it be in the farm? Can it be like, uh, why in the house? It's just... (laughs) in the car (laughs) it's jojo in the car (laughs) (laughs) and uh today we're having a bit of a of a serious show that we want to do well it's not that serious as a matter of fact but you know what we want to do today is i know that some of you are listening outside of the united states which is perfectly fine but today on the day that you're listening to this podcast which is is released on Tuesdays of every week is election national election day in the united states and towards that is a very very important day isn't it Georgia?
1: In the United States, it's uh, especially this year. It is all anybody can talk or think about. I think, <laughs> unless unless you happen to be living under a rock, uh, I think even people who don't participate are very interested and uh, want to know about what's going on.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and that's exactly the point. And so, the first thing we want to say to our listeners in the United States is, if you have not done so, because in most states early voting is has has already happened and contrary to other countries in the united states voting national voting day is not a holiday which is i think is the only country at least i've lived where that's not the case so you you get to go to work and everything and still you're supposed to go vote how's that jojo yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I think in a country that supposedly prides itself on the right to vote and um, democracy and all that good stuff, to not make it so that people can perform their civic duty if they want to easily without the stress of of, of work and all that stuff is just absolutely insane to me. Um, I think that everything should be closed. Right. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm talking even retail. I feel like it's a, it's yeah. a day that everything should be closed.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm 100% with you because, it, it, like, think about it this way, right? And, and my favorite holiday since I've moved here has been Thanksgiving. I, 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 it's like one of the non-religious holidays and non-patriotic holidays. And not mm-hmm. that I'm, not a, I'm anti-patriotic, I just feel like, People misconstrued patriotism for my country is the best and it does no wrong. And that's not patriotism to me. So I'm a bit iffy around patriotic holidays. Uh, Mm -hmm. So so Thanksgiving is my shit. (laughs) Thanksgiving is my, 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 my thing, right? But I find it weird that we take a holiday to give thanks to whatever to be grateful for whatever. Whereas when there's an election, which is perhaps all the time in every single election, the greatest decision a person with that responsibility can make, uh, you get to go to work, have a terrible day at work, get pissed off at some asshole, and still manage to, if you can make it before 7, 8, or 9 p.m., Right? Make it to the polls. And I think Chris Rock on one of his uh, stand-ups said something like, it's all designed to discourage you from voting, I suppose, isn't it? Uh, Because it's on a Tuesday in the middle of the winter, isn't it? (laughs) And it's not a holiday. (laughs) <laughs> uh,
1: this this is this is very true. I I I do not understand. I know that there are some companies that will be like, oh, we'll give you two hours to go do it or whatever, or you know that kind of thing. But I, I it just knowing the way that most companies work and the kind of culture that they have in taking time to do anything for quote unquote yourself are not going to be thrilled with anybody doing that. Uh, especially if you're talking about retail. Right. Um, and so if this is, if, if you're going to put this as one of the most important days, uh, for a country, if that's what you're going to say, uh, this is an extremely important day to this country, then it needs to be a holiday.
0: I, I, and I, I like for the life of me, I still don't understand why neither party has ever pushed for that, has never pushed for that. Like, it's just, it's just like it falls off a tree. I, I understand the whole idea of early voting, right? Because here in the state where we live, in North Carolina, in the United States, we were able to vote starting on the 15th of, uh, of October. That's great. But here's the crazy thing depending on which party is in charge of, you know, you, depending on on who is your secretary of state in, in the state where you live, they are going to, during early voting, not all the voting places are going to be available. So that means, whereas on voting day, on the Tuesday in November, on the first Tuesday of November where you're supposed to go vote... You know, you probably can walk into a church in your hometown, in your, you know, neighborhood, or walk into a library in your neighborhood, wherever it is that you can vote. During early voting, you can only do so at a particular designated early voting place, which mm-hmm. may or may not be near your house. So mm-hmm. that means if you want to early vote, you have to go out of your way to early vote. Otherwise, you'll have all the pressure of voting on the day of election, uh, standing in line with the cold, whatever the element is at the time, and also this particular year, which is a year where we are battling a pandemic. How about that? Yes. Yes. So, Yes. That is a little bit of ranting for us about election. (laughs) (laughs) Paul. At the same time, Um, we want to take a moment to tell you, please go vote. Right, Jojo? If that's what you want to do, then you need to do it. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to think that people don't have a choice uh, in, in this, at least in this particular election, in that like the choice of like, I'm not voting. I don't know that we any, anybody can afford not to vote uh, in this election. But again, as Jojo said, if that's what you want to do, then yeah, you should do it.
1: Mm-hmm. If you feel that it's something that's important to you and important to, uh, your belief system or non-belief system, then it's you need to make sure that you get out there and do it. And then, you know, also I do appreciate the fact that we live in a country where it's not mandatory. If you feel that it's something that is not for you and your conscience. So I see both sides of it.
0: Yeah. Um, I I don't know that I've ever been a fan of mandatory voting. But the thing is that in, in the United States it's just not mandatory in the sense that there is not a law that says on the day that you have to vote every time there is an election. Having right, said that's that, what I'm talking about. I'm having, talking about laws. <laughs> right, but, but, but having said that though... Laws and freedoms. But having said that though, we are hypocritical enough with the so-called freedom where, our, where you have states oh. that purges the uh, voting role if you have not voted in a certain amount of elections. So, Absolutely. My, Absolutely. you know, might as well be that Absolutely. too, you know. Absolutely, yep. You don't have to vote, but we will kick you out of the of the role if you don't vote, right? So why yep. don't you just make it a law and, and be done with it? You know what I mean? Right, so right. So, yeah, it's very true, very true. So, you know, freedom is sort of like... Uh, Whatever, right? Like whatever interpretation is that. Uh,
1: Whoever decides whatever it means to them in that particular day, hour and moment.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. But um, with that said, today we decided to bring to you a number of movies and some TV series that are particularly in reference to voting to elections and presidency, uh, the, the, does that kind of like make sense, George? Like that's that's what, how you would describe it.
1: Yeah, I think that covers everything. <laughs> I think that's a good umbrella.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's sort of like election day is around the corner. Is uh, today Tuesday? If we are talking about on the day that you this podcast comes out, and we we probably don't pay attention to it as much, but there's quite a few movies that movies and TV series that come out, and they look into well, movies, TV series, and documentaries that come out, and, it, they, and they look and refer into our politics. Except that if you're not into that, you probably will just watch it, watch it as just another movie, or if you are into that, you probably will want to put in context the history and and the, the details of it, right? So yes. this is why we came up with this list. That mean that being said, I think some of these movies in this list are are going to be fiction, but some of it also especially the documentaries are based on real life situations that are part of our history of elections. Right? And so let's start. Should we start with some light? Georgia? Sure. <laughs> so this movie is like from 1997, I believe. And it's called in the Line in the line of fire. Okay. And it is with, Clint Eastwood. Do you remember that? I do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So in the line of fire, basically is the recount of the story of a dude that was a young secret service member during the Kennedy assassination and seemed to have taken it pretty hard that the president was shot you know, under his watch, like has never forgiven himself for, for that. And so now in present day of whenever it is, he is still a member of the secret service. And he is hell bent, of course, on protecting the current president that he's serving from being, from an assassination attempt. Did I, did I get that right? Just, yep. Uh, yep. I think. Absolutely.
1: Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yep. <laughs> so is this a movie you've seen before?
1: Um, I feel like I have, uh, back in, it would have been probably in 93 when it came out or 94. So it's been a big gap of time since I've seen it. And, uh, but you know, we've got, we've got Clint Eastwood doing his, his thing, yeah. <laughs> his hero thing. Yeah. And, um, of course, it's got the the delightfully creepy John Malkovich and uh, Rene. I <laughs> would Rene Russo is in it. Yeah. <laughs> Our dude, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Rene Russo is in it, and um, you know a few other people that uh, have have gone on to other careers. Um, but uh, yeah, this is a this is a definitely a an action light action movie. You know, not hugely, as you said. I guess political maybe would be the right term. Right. It's, but it's
0: about America. <laughs> America! Yeah! <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I, I think this is a movie to watch because, you know, the Secret Service is sort of like secretive, really, in the sense that chances are you, you'll never meet a Secret Service agent, right? <laughs> it's a very small elite group. Uh, you I actually know. have a story about that. Yo, do tell. <laughs> Please do tell. <laughs>
1: so I worked for, well, many, many years ago. I worked with a, a young man who left the place that I worked with. And one day the uh, the federal, the feds came calling. What? And I uh, got hauled into a interview room. Uh, me, me. I got hauled into an interview room and uh, was interviewed about having worked with that young man. Oh boy! And what I thought about him because he had applied to become a member of the Secret Service. Oh wow! And, and he had gotten enough through the clearance checks that they were going all the way back, so many years back, because I think I hadn't worked with him for like ten years at that point. Damn! Uh, to to talk to people that had, had had actually worked with him, and I used to work a shift with him. I worked a shift with him uh, for, I think, maybe uh, two years. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I, I got, I got a, and and the funny thing was there was no like, oh, you know, we're going to have an interview with you. No, it, it, nope. they came, came to my job and were like, we need to talk to her and took her, took me in the back and That's two guys in black suits. <laughs> I was like, am I about to be deported? <laughs> <laughs> deported back to, to be- Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I was in Maryland at the time too. Oh, damn. So i like, <laughs> like, am am I going to be disappeared? What 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 is happening? You know. That's it. So um, so yes. So if you do apply for the Secret Service, they they go they they are very 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 thorough. And I have no idea if he got the job or not. And he's not on social media, which makes me think maybe right. he did get the job. Yeah. I've never seen anything. About him or from him since. So either he got the job or he didn't get the job and they disappeared him. I don't know.
0: (laughs) I'm scared for this dude now. (laughs) I'm scared for this dude. Judge, you should not have told me this.
1: (laughs) It's funny, though, because whenever there's like shots of like the president, because that, you know, and and they have secret service, I'm like. Is he in the, is he the air? I don't, I don't think that's him.
0: <laughs> he would have had to
1: change a lot if that was him.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, that is true. But I don't know, man.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, there's my my little tangential story.
0: Beautiful. Look where we landed. <laughs> Look where we landed, man. Yep.
1: Yep. Oh, I got asked about, you know, like his political affiliations and if uh, he'd ever spoken against the government and, uh, yeah. you know, like all kinds of stuff that I, it had been 10 years. I'm not kidding. I'm like, like I, I don't I, even
0: I, remember this dude. I,
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I remembered him, but I'm like, I we never really talked about anything beyond,
0: you know. Yeah,
1: like, hey, this how is you work, doing? I'm okay, how are fun. you? Yeah.
0: <laughs> this is working. I don't even like people that much. So, <laughs> what did you expect me to talk about with this guy? <laughs> but yeah.
1: So. <laughs> okay, so.
0: <laughs> so now we're gonna move on to the next one. I want to talk about Jojo, and uh, see what you think of it. Okay. This one is not necessarily fiction, but it is. One of the biggest kerfuffle in election history in the United States. And this is about the recount. And this is recent history. Yes. But it, I think it changed the course of politics and the history of the United States for, for I mean, if we are living through what we're living today. It has a lot to do with this particular situation uh in the in the recount, don't you think?
1: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. This this movie is about the Florida vote recount in the two thousand presidential election between Bush and Gore. And it's Definitely, as you said, changed the course, I think, of history and the way perhaps some of elections are done now. Yeah. And I think some of the uh, state or some of the uh, condition of of things today are, you could trace straight back to the year
0: 2000. So, how would you synopsize this to to our viewers? Like, so why was a recount necessary? in In Florida, and why do you think this went all the way to the Supreme Court?
1: My understanding was that there was a lot of irregularities alleged in the state of Florida. They were using a paper system, a paper ballot system, and there was the whole hanging chad uh-huh. where the 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 paper systems were possibly counting, uh, cause it was like a paper that was being run through a machine and the machine was possibly counting things incorrectly because of the way the, the, the mechanics of the machine were. So they were hand counting everything. And then there was an issue about the people who were hand counting the ballots were of one political party and, perhaps were being unethical with the way they were counting them. Uh And so it was just, there was so many strange and weird stuff that was going on is I, it got to the point where it was like, we need the Supreme court to settle this because there's so much infighting and, and fuss about this. We just need somebody else to fix it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and and I, I appreciate that you, you, you took, you took the bait in and explained that because I didn't live in the United States at the time and no amount of movies or articles that I've read will will clarify that for me because, again, our election system is so weird that you go to the polls and vote, but the state where you vote depends on a certain amount of electoral college votes for in order yes. for the those votes to go to the the candidate that you vote for the determination of whether or not your candidate wins depends definitely more on how many electoral college votes they can amass the problem yes. is that it, the political system of the united states is almost as if we were 50 smaller countries living under the same umbrella meaning that each state have their own constitution have their own senate have their own house of representative and have their own laws and so there are moments in which federal laws which means laws of the united states as a whole converge or collapse with laws of the of any particular state so it's important to understand that in a don't want to make this boring for you folks. But there are some states where whoever wins the popular vote may get maybe a, a winner to call, right? Meaning that yes. they get all the electoral, electoral votes available on that state. Whereas some other states, it's not necessarily like that. And I think yeah. that's yes. what makes Florida so important to win for whoever needs to win the the United States presidency. Does that that confuse everybody? (laughs) And then there's there's also
1: the case of you can have a majority uh, win in the popular sense, but if the electoral college, there's not enough votes in the electoral college, then the entire state doesn't count. Exactly. So so the whole state could... Win, I mean, the whole state could vote, theoretically, the whole state could vote for uh, a particular candidate. But if this one electoral college votes for the other candidate, even though the rest of the state says, okay, we want Gore to win, if this one electoral college says, no, we want Bush to win, then Bush wins the whole state. Right. Which is essentially what happened in the year 2000. Al Gore did win the popular vote. Uh, In the country, not just in the state, but he did not win all of the electoral 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 colleges. But the biggest area of of concern was Florida, because Florida being Florida uh, (laughs) was doing. uh, I, I don't know that it's ever been completely. Resolved as to how shady they were being.
0: <laughs> well, the one thing <laughs> I've learned, the one thing I've learned is that thanks to this particular situation in 2000, Florida, in terms of election, got a, like a huge reform, yeah. and they've been very well behaved. And in fact, they are one of the first states to finish counting since then. Like yes. uh, Florida, and that's why ever since you've been able to declare, you know, who won the election on election night, because once Florida comes in and then you get Iowa or, you know, Ohio and blah, 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 and it's pretty much you're ready to call it. Uh, It's a slightly unfair system that if you want to know what it's based on, why we still have such an antiquated system, boy, do I have a podcast for you. (laughs) And we're not affiliated, of course, with any of them or whatever. It's just that I listen to this particular podcast, and I've mentioned it in the show before, and it's the best, most comprehensive explanation of the Electoral College for me. And I don't think, like, I could take a crash course in college of, of the meaning, the origin of the Electoral College, and I, it probably wouldn't have been for me as clear as it is, as it was for on this podcast. The podcast is called Throughline. is an NPR podcast, so it is national public radio in the United States. It's an NPR podcast, it's called Throughline, and it is hosted by uh, Rond Abdel Fattah and Ramtin Louis. The, the, I think it's the latest episode, and it is about the Electoral College. You will find so much information, but such clarity that you will understand why we have an Electoral College and why we get into the kerfuffles that we get. But anyway, we were talking about The Recount. Recount is basically a, a movie about what happened. How how we got to where we ha- where we got, mm-hmm. and I don't have it. Okay, so the movie was directed by Jay Roach and it stars Kevin Spacey, Bob Balaban, Dennis Leary, and Ed Begley Jr. I think Dennis Leary actually got an Emmy or Golden Globe nomination for that. Do you remember that, JJ? Um,
1: that sounds familiar. I know that this was nominated and and nominated for a lot of Emmys. So um, that sounds sounds right.
0: It is an HBO movie. And so you will find it on HBO Max if you have that, if if that is available in your area. Um, I think HBO Max now is pretty much the only streaming service for HBO, isn't it? it? I don't. I think they're aware the with so. HBO Now and HBO Go, and it's only HBO Max. So you'll find this. It's a very good movie, and it it's fast paced, and it has no agenda. It just chronicles exactly what happened, except it's just a dramatization of it. But it, it it has very little, I would say, very little intellectual liberties were taken about it. If if I'm if I'm being honest, isn't it?
1: Yeah, no, my uh, my understanding of it is it's, you know, just here's what happened. And, um, you know, dramatized in a sense to make it a little less dry, a little right. more interesting. Uh, you know, I'm sure there was some editing here and there, but, you know, just here's, here's
0: what happened in 2000. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, yeah. So we're gonna talk about another a, a movie that is fictional but also is an absolutely great lesson in US politics in the sense especially of campaigning. That's one of my favorite movies, and whenever like I don't rewatch shit a lot, but I actually actually rewatch this show whenever I get a chance. It's like, you know, there are very few shows that I shows or movies that I rewatch. I will I will watch, coming to America every time it comes on. <laughs> That's a fact, you know. My wife just just sighs and just leaves the couch and goes away. <laughs> she just because, accepts it because you'll have me also singing. She's your queen to be. <laughs>
1: I used to work with a very lovely lady who would every so often just burst into that song. <laughs> I know it. It always made my day. It was. It was usually when something terrible was happening and we were all just in a bad mood, and
0: she would just suddenly bust out with that. And it, Dude, <laughs> you. You. Know, I, I mean, you should. You should be grateful to have met this lady. <laughs> oh, I am
1: so grateful. She is. She is a wonderful, beautiful woman.
0: <laughs> but like, yeah, that's it. Uh, so that movie I will rewatch all the time. The Lion King, of course. You guys know how I how I feel about the Lion King because what about a year and a half ago, Jojo? I went on about <laughs> the remake of the Lion King. You know? How fucking dare you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you were not the only one to feel that way because uh, you know box office and everything.
0: So it wasn't just you. Yeah. <laughs> and then. Also, you have this movie, and it's called The Ides of March. Jojo, I have to ask, have you watched this? It-
1: I, hate, to my shame, have not seen this movie, and it's one of those that I was, again, was like, oh, I'm, when, when it came out in, in 2011, I was like, I'm going to watch this. This is completely something I would love, and I have yet to see it. So I have not <sighs> seen it.
0: Man, I know. I'm, no, 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 I no, know. no. Hey, look, I'm not. I'm not judging. But this is this. This is freaking George Clooney is awesome, and you know, it's not a question of like, no, no, no. George Clooney is one of the most talented freaking actors and directors out there, and I, I don't think we talk about that enough because, you know, most people. Talk about Josh Clooney's looks and stuff, as opposed to how freaking talented this motherfucker is, right? He's incredibly
1: talented, and his comedic timing is is a thing of beauty. There's he, I, I I don't think that he gets enough recognition for how dang funny he can be, sure. um, which is not an easy thing to pull off. People sure. seem to think that that. Comedy movies are this easy thing to do, and I can't imagine anything harder, honestly, to do than comedy. But anyway, George Clooney, yes, phenomenal.
0: Yeah, yeah, you are absolutely right. He's he's like I've seen him on Saturday Night Live, man, and dude is like, like, what is he's this, this good? Like seriously, he's 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 good, you know. One of my favorite movies of
1: his is Oh Brother, Where Art Thou." I, I, that's one that I will watch whenever it's on, and he's he's so funny in that.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't blame you. <laughs> so, <laughs> "The Eyes of March" is precisely about a election campaign, and so the blurb of it is: an idealistic staffer f- for a new presidential candidate gets a crash course on dirty politics during his stint on the campaign trail. So it's directed by George Clooney, and it stars Paul Giamatti, George Clooney, Philip Seymour Hoffman, for the love of God, who I will never get over the fact that this dude is dead. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. And Ryan Gosling. So there you have it. This is a movie to watch, and if you haven't, I think... There was also some Oscar nomination there too, if I if I if I can remember correctly. That sounds that
1: sounds right. Uh, I think it was. Uh, I think Philip Seymour Hoffman was nominated at the time, and uh, yeah, that sounds. I think he was. Yes, yeah. uh, that that was the British British Academy Awards. So for the Oscars, it was a best adapted screenplay.
0: Just a fantastic movie from 2011, and you should watch it, and you will not be disappointed. It's one of the greatest fictional political campaign slash election movies that I've ever seen, and you, seriously, you won't be disappointed.
1: It looks like it's available on Prime, so I have I have no absolutely no
0: excuse. So
1: <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get on that one.
0: <laughs> there you go, Prime Video for you right there. Okay, so. This is slightly boring but <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be slightly boring but you will need you probably will need to watch this too it's called the great hack and if you have followed politics of the united states if you live in the united states then you will know what we're talking about but if you not, if you don't know what we're talking about, do not despair, because this is very easy to get to. You will know that 2016 elections that got us uh, Donald Trump as president has been marred with some allegations of Russian interference. And basically, there was a company... Involved in sort of like harvesting information from the electorate, not necessarily by official means, but rather through social media. And somehow the company named Cambridge Analytica managed to get Facebook to give them access to all of our information. Whoever is on Facebook in order to determine the political leanings of people on Facebook and target them, and that's obviously paid by Russia, orchestrated in Russia, to target people with misinformation to either deter you from voting or get you to vote for Donald Trump. So this movie, The Great Hack, explores how... This entire thing came about because, of course, when investigation started by the United States House of Representatives in the Senate, Zuckerberg came back and said, I didn't have anything to do with that. I, I, I don't know. Maybe we made a mistake, but, you know. Wasn't me. Yeah, he, he's, never, he's never to blame for shit. The
1: right? shaggy defense. Wasn't me. I
0: wasn't there. <laughs> it wasn't me. So that, that's pretty much it. But it's a very interesting movie, and it's on Netflix. You can find it. It's it's a documentary, and uh, it has some people in it that you've never heard of. But don't let that deter you. This is good stuff, and it's recent history. But it will shed light on some details that, to you, to me, are slightly murky. Right. So yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I remember when this story broke and I did a lot of reading about it about Cambridge Analytical and all of the stuff that they did how they were involved with Ted Cruz's campaign they were involved in Brexit yeah. and the very 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 shady and almost orwellian yep. ideas and and things that were going on with social media and how brainwashed people can become with social media. And I'm sounding a little conspiracy theorist here, but oh, no, it's, it's 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 terrifying and it's important I think to watch this sort of thing to to get it in this in the sort of concept or the the sort of of way that we can understand it because I think a lot of people are like data, I you know, it's just ones and zeros, I don't understand. Right which is fine you know we're we're not computer analysts most of us <laughs> but to get something in front of you so you can actually understand how this is done and how it's used and why they do it is just it's 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 very very important it's important to know how the time that you're spending on social media because nothing's free Right. Um, if 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 someone is giving you supplying you with a product for free, you're paying for it with your information. One way or another. And yes. One way or another, you are paying for <laughs> it. So, uh, if you know if the product's
0: free, you're the product.
1: So, uh, so this this is. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry,
0: So get back. Uh, uh, repeat that for me. Come on. I, I, I loved it. Loved it. If the product yes. is free. If the product is free, you're the product. Man, Jojo. See, it's been it's been a few days since you dropped you know I mean, one of those absolutely fantastic wisdom stuff on me. (laughs) And I was missing that. And you came back you came back stronger, Jojo. I love you. (laughs) Please continue.
1: Anyway, this this goes into that, um, and there's lots of other uh, documentaries that that will go into the the social media aspect and and the data mining and that sort of thing. But this is a great one that is uh, specifically politically or, or election oriented, and I think something important for people to educate themselves about.
0: Yes. Yes
1: and no matter and, how you're planning on voting or not voting, it's important to know about this stuff
0: right uh, okay I think one of the things that we we fail to understand is that you know campaign political campaigns or polit- uh, campaigns of any kind, whether it's you know what kind of cookies you should buy or what kind of you know soda you should drink or whatever all of that is designed to 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 brainwash to control your mind to a certain extent that is like that's that's something we've learned to live with yes the problem is when you are controlled through when you are manipulated through misinformation through disinformation yes and and one of the things that i've always tried to do and if you want to apply that to you you know, to the way that you approach social media. I'm not saying that it's it's perfect, but that's the way I, I do things, is that I will not, first of all, I hardly ever share, I will share a joke, but I will not repost something because somebody posted it. I will look at the source where that comes from and go directly to the source and check out the credibility of that. Of, of that source. But I will not repost anything that has a political connotation or social connotation that somebody posts because it, it aligns with the way I think or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so there's that. But mm-hmm. one of my favorite thing, one of the things that I do is that I always vet where that information comes from. And Mm -hmm. I have a list in my mind of reputable sources that I will post things from. And not because they're reputable because I find them reputable. is because they are indeed reputable based on the history, their existence within the medium, right? And their reputation, right? So, so... Right, so to a a certain extent, to a certain part of the population, CNN is fake news. But the crazy thing is that uh, there's only one tiny group of people who think CNN is fake news, and it's because they've been fed that CNN is fake news. For me, I think CNN is (laughs) is a reputable news organization. New York Times, The Washington Post... You know, uh, political. The, you know, so so I I, I will only post things, and it, and it doesn't have to be from an opinion perspective. There's that too, because of course these reputable news sources have opinions. Sure, and, and sure. so sometimes you have to be like, is this the the actual newspaper talking, like reporting news? or someone who is writing their opinion under the auspice of the newspaper. So I have to, I have to figure that one out too. Right. And the reason for that is because I've heard people say, well, it's true because I saw it on the internet. (laughs) That is that. No, don't do that. It's
1: it's like the the old joke of, you know, when we were kids growing up, parents were like, "Absolutely, never talk to anybody on in the internet. Never give them any information. You know, nothing. Everybody there is just out to get you." Yeah. And then now those those parents are like, "Oh, it's true because I read it on the Facebook." So I mean, <laughs> exactly, you know. absolutely
0: right. So, That's true. Um, it's, it
1: has to be true because it's on the internet. It's like, what? how did you get from there to there? That is such a wide disparity and such a swing. That's absolutely true. Though. That's absolutely but true. I think that shows the power of marketing right. the power of group thinking of being in your own little bubble and being having other people confirm what you already think as opposed to having analytical thinking or or comparison thinking or or anything else like that it just proves that if you're in an echo chamber that's what's going to happen so i anyway yeah watch the great hack it'll help you yeah <laughs>
0: It will make you understand something. And please don't take that to just further conspiracy theories. Please don't do that. The whole no, They're no. They're trying no. The to point- get to you and blah day blah. and day and day. I hate day. Yeah, 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 yeah. They. <clears throat> yeah,
1: I, I, I don't. I. There, there is one thing to be informed and cautious and suspicious, right. and then there's another thing to be. To swing, there's another side of that pendulum as well, of course. Right, right. So you have to try to find the balance, and it's very difficult to do in this world when there is such a barrage of information from all sides, not left to right. You know, you have information from left, right, up, down, everywhere, which way around you. We have so much information to have to parse and our brain has to make such split second decisions as to this is important. This isn't important. This is true. This is not true that we just have to take a moment to take a breath and go, okay, I read this. What's the source or is this source any good? That sort of thing. But again, it's it it is difficult in this world to not swing with the pendulum one way or another. But you have to try. It's it's. It's an important part of our humanity to try.
0: And you know what? For some reason, part of this discussion brings back some things that you've said about your father. Uh, To me is that (laughs) your dad, even when he was reading a novel, he was fact-checking the fucking novel, too.
1: (laughs) He was. (laughs) Even when he was
0: reading fiction, he's like, yeah, let me find out. (laughs) This is true, you know. (laughs)
1: He he did, and and I actually was was thinking of him when we first started talking about this particular movie. But my husband said that the best advice he's ever gotten in his entire life was from my father, who, when he said, "Consider the source," consider the source, consider the source, and to to take that in every aspect of your life, whether it's it's a Sherlock Holmes novel. Or something as important as you know, the news about a tornado is coming. Yeah. For example, yeah. you know, if if it's if it's Henny Penny down the street who's screaming, the sky is falling. Perhaps you don't take that as 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 uh, seriously as you would the National Weather Service saying, "Hey, there's a tornado heading for your house." That's you know exactly. a silly example, but that's that is the 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 idea is to to consider the source. What do I think of well, what do I think of this person who's telling me this? We could start with that. This person yeah. who's giving me this information, what do I think of them? Do, do, do I respect them? Do I think they have some intelligence? Um, do Have they given me good information in the past?
0: Exactly.
1: Or have they always come at me with these wild stories and lies and stuff, you know, that they, they can't even tell the truth about what they had for lunch? Right. Not that they can't remember, because that would be my case. I don't remember what I had for lunch. <laughs> But, you know, like they're telling you, oh, I had filet mignon for lunch and, you know, they had peanut butter and jelly, that kind of thing. You know, is it from that point all the way up to is this the Washington Post or is this the National Enquirer? Uh, Is this a peer reviewed translation of this particular uh, version of, of, of you know, a, a great Greek work? Or is this something that the guy down the street who learned, you know, Latin on a weekend course, I can't think of the word, but, you know, it, it, so it's just, it's important to consider, consider the source.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely. Translated. That's the word. Translated. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, all of this to say that you should Watch the great, ha- the great hack.
1: Yeah, all, yeah, all of that,
0: yeah. all of that. Sorry. Well, I mean, we, that's that's what we do. We're, we're a podcast of two people who who talk about stuff. Yeah, you know, a binge binge watchers' guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Stuff that was stuff. That was Just stuff. So- <laughs> Just so you know, that was stuff. All right, so um, I think. Then we can go on to the next two and call it a day. Okay. So, actually, it's going to be three because there's a sort of like a, a game on, a gameplay with the title of the next two movies. And I'm talking about Michael Moore's Fahrenheit 9 and Fahrenheit 11 Michael Moore is one of the most respected filmmakers in America. And if you are one who judges people by the way they look and you've never heard of Michael Moore before, you probably will be shocked and you'll probably will be asking yourself, "What? This guy?" But seriously, Michael Moore is a national treasure. He's beloved by some, he's hated by, by some, but the fact of the matter is, Michael Moore is a freaking brilliant, absolutely brilliant filmmaker. And the most important thing I, I, I find is that Michael Moore understands the American side. And he understand the American working class better than the American working class understands it still. Am I exaggerating, Jojo?
1: No. Um, Michael Moore is from Flint, Michigan, which if you've been paying any attention to the news, you certainly know about Flint, Michigan and all of the woes and the, the problems that are going on and the, the fundamental structural problems that are going on in Michigan and Flint. So I think growing up with that because even though it's just recently made the news, this these problems with Flint have been going on for decades yeah. and decades. Growing up with that I think is probably something that made him made him realize that he needed to he had this talent and he wanted to use it to speak on behalf of those that perhaps could not, and the first time I was ever really in- exposed, introduced uh, to any of Michael Moore's works was with Bowling for Columbine, which was two thousand two, and that was the movie about the um, the Columbine high school massacre, massacre in ninety nine, and talking about how intrinsically gun love is tied up with the American psyche. And um, so uh, he, Michael Moore, is incredibly talented at bringing things that some may, may find very uncomfortable to discuss to a discussable point, to the point that you can talk with other people about them and makes it accessible and intelligent.
0: Yeah, you're good, Jojo.
1: I am. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't hear you, so I was like, "Did we lose the call?" <laughs>
0: oh no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just like basking in in all of all you're saying here. You know, what I mean? <laughs> I'm just basking, basking. Like I, I, I love it. I love it. It's, it's, a, it's the perfect summation of who Michael Moore is. But all of this is just saying that. You need to watch, if you've never watched anything by Michael Moore, you probably should get get yourself on that. It will help you understand America. It will help you understand Americans. It will help you understand the American political system. And those who don't like Michael Moore will tell you that he is a liberal. Those who like Michael Moore will tell you that he is a leftist rebel type of dude but I think Michael Moore documentaries show you these faces of America and it will aggrandize your perspective of what we think of each other and how we view each other how easily we come together in some of the most important moments in the history of this country and then we go back to being shit to each other. <laughs> so. <laughs> so uh, very dysfunctional family. <laughs> exactly. Fahrenheit 9 11, Fahrenheit eleven nine. 9. One is, of course, about how we were duped to go into Iraq and how all of the shit that ended up getting us disgusted with the eight years of George W. Bush government and the latter Fahrenheit 11.9 Talk a little bit about three days into having learned that our new president in 2016 was going to be Donald J. Trump so what follows through so watch that and then come back to me <laughs> <laughs> uh, and finally Jojo I want to talk about this because you've heard me we, we've had uh, I had this conversation about this movie I love it is The Way I See It if you haven't had a chance to watch this ladies and gentlemen please go do that it's available on Amazon and it is a a chronicle of Former White House photographer Pete Souza, how he shows you through his lens his years as the official White House photographer, both for President Reagan on his first go around in the in the White House as photo, White House photographer, and then his comeback to be President Obama's White House White House photographer, and he narrates his own thing. And it is a beautiful thing to see. So, Jojo, you haven't had a chance yet, right?
1: I have not had a chance to see it yet, no.
0: I, I will comment on
1: the power of photography. I had wanted to be a photographer because I've always recognized the power of images, still images in particular. So I uh, have no excuse for not seeing this yet, but it's it's it. It's exciting to have the chance to see the photographs and hear the mind workings of the person who was taking them as they were happening. I've always been interested in that story in what the photographer was thinking when they took the photograph. And so uh, I I need to get on on the the whatever box and watch it.
0: (laughs) You know, and and I think one of the greatest things... About Pete Souza's documentary is the fact that, you know, for a photographer, he's a, he's a, he's a very uh, eloquent dude when it comes to using words, because you know how artists can be, right? Yes. We've, we've seen great writers who are absolutely shit interviews.
1: Yes. Very, very inarticulate when it comes to the spoken word. But
0: (laughs) (laughs) We've seen actors who are absolute crap in terms of, you know, communicating. Um, Yes. That's, you know, some artists just don't get to have all the bangs. Pete Souza is an absolutely fantastic narrator, is an absolutely fantastic storyteller, both through his lens as a photographer and also through his lens as the narrator of a story. And the most important thing to understand here is that Pizzosa is talking about having been the photographer for two presidents, one Republican and one Democrat. So he's not necessarily, you know, shining a bad light on one and shining a better light on one. He is talking about from the historical perspective of documenting history through his lens for two very different American presidents of two very different generations and from two very different parties. So it is a beautiful thing to see. You will find that on Amazon. It is called The Way I See It. Right. So with that you 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 you've got one you wanted to add, didn't you?
1: Oh, it's it's a silly one. We don't even have to talk about it.
0: Please I want I want to.
1: <laughs> It's it's a very very silly movie. It's from 1993. It's very light fare. It was something that uh, I actually, uh, a few weeks ago, was like, I wonder if, if Alec Baldwin is going to be getting a call soon. The movie is called Dave, and it stars the, the beautiful and talented Kevin Klein, who I adore, and Sigourney Weaver. And uh, it is the story of a presidential impersonator, accidentally becoming president when the president dies.
0: <laughs> yes, I remember that one. I do remember that one. I know. That's that's a classic, isn't it? <laughs> it's from
1: 1993. It's the same year as the Clint Eastwood movie that we talked about. Yes. It's totally light. It's 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 adorable. It's a fun movie and, you know, if if something gets you down in the coming days or hours, <laughs> just something a, a fun little escapism. And uh, it it has one of my my favorite little sing songs in a movie, which is "He's Got the Power." That's why he's in the
0: shower. So, okay, <laughs> that's a beautiful take on "Hail to the Chief." Any,
1: yeah, isn't it great? <laughs> so anyway, so that's my little my little cute funny one. It's just it's just an adorable movie, and it's you can watch it on HBO Max.
0: All right then, Dave on HBO Max. I'm gonna go watch this because, like, it used to be uh, one of my favorite. I, I remember Dave, and I will. I will give it a uh, give it a look. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that one on. <laughs> right, so uh, we have gotten to the moment to tell you again: if you're in America, if you are qualified to vote, please go do so. Don't forget to do it. It is. Of course, important, but, you know, don't let us make you feel guilty about it and shit. Do it because you want to, right? (laughs) Uh, And do it for the right reasons, whatever the right reasons might be in your mind, right? There you go.
1: There you go. I used to follow somebody back when there were blogs and she used to say, vote, 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 like a baby stoat. I don't know what that means, but it made me happy.
0: (laughs) So the other thing we can tell you is that you will find us on every single social media platform except LinkedIn. Uh, So we are kicking and streaming podcast and you will find us on Instagram, Facebook. We have a Facebook group where you can go to the conversation in there is absolutely great. Uh, We do need more folks, but you know, it's happening. It, It is happening. On Twitter, we are kicking and streaming podcast or kicking and streaming. And you will find Jocelyn on Instagram as uh, Jocelyn podcast. That's Jojo right there. And me, you will find me on Twitter and on Instagram as Mr. Putsetta, M-R-P-U-Z-Z-E-T-T-A. So M-R-P-U-Z-Z-E-T-T-A also in podcast m-r-p-u-z-e-t-t-a so thank you very much everyone it's a wrap
1: thanks bye thank you for listening to kicking and streaming podcast if you have found value in our content please subscribe and share we would also be delighted to hear what you think of this podcast so please rate us by writing a quick review on apple podcasts or your favorite podcast platform Follow us on all major social media platforms, such as Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. Join the conversation happening today on our Facebook group.